You don't have to read my calendar. No, it says if full you don't measurements, want to. I think. Is that what that says? That's for that's for my workouts because oh, kind I of a bodybuilder. Really like measurements. No. My bad. You're well, not, if you are, you're not it's... supposed to talk till I introduce you. <laughs> so, Jason, how's your day going today on this lovely day? Uh, that was, I mean, it's pretty good. You said that very weird, Teddy. I just. All right, you're gonna introduce the guest. Recently. Welcome to the last episode of the first season of Off My Chest. One successful season. Okay! Successful might not be the word. It wasn't a failure, <laughs> put it that That's way. That's true. I, I'm Teddy Hirschfield. I'm Jason Lawson. And with us today... Just wait. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> with us today, uh, the man himself. Uh, if you ever listen to our ads, which I'm sure all of you do, you'll know that there's one ad known as the True Critic Twitter. And we have him, that man, the True Critic himself, Jake Ryquist, with us today. Thank you, Teddy. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about um, knitting today. Mm. Classic. <laughs> about like textiles or whatever. Top three favorite right. knitting. My grandma. Was would be number. We're three, not talking right? about knitting. Yeah. We're talking okay. about um, movies. Oh, we are okay. Did you come prepared? Knitting no, movies? I came prepared for knitting. <laughs> All right. Well. Instead of a, this is an hour long episode, by the way. Okay. Instead of a classic, uh, name them, rank them segment, this is gonna be more of a. I have a topic, and I just want you to tell me your top, your top number one. Okay. Okay. With movies, I have five genres in my head. Awesome. Only five. Only five. I got, I got other ideas, but only top five genres. I, I have five genres. But you've said that three times now. Okay. We get it. And you're just gonna, we're gonna go around name the number one it's gonna start with jason and me okay because usually we let our guests go first well we're gonna go but great based on who knows the most so i'm gonna go first or who knows the least to the most so i'm gonna go first take go second you go third. okay okay because we want we want yeah we want to end it with a, a hard hit a home. bang yeah I got right it. Mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so number one classic okay just a comedy what is a com- what is your favorite comedy so it has to be a movie like no tv shows are allowed the topic is movies. I'm not going to lie. I've seen about four movies in the last year and a half. Well, you can... And I don't think any of them were comedy. Jake's eyes just went so wide. Uh, okay, I saw I saw one of the Hangover movies on TV, like where they just play the reruns of all the old movies. That one was pretty good. I'll put that at three. No, no, no. You're just doing top one. Oh, just... To- oh, my God. Top one. Yeah. Oh. I'll just say Happy Gilmore because I, uh, I can't think I on mean, the it's spot. funny, but... Funny movie. Like All right, so... You, you, Can I, like, look it up? No. Come on. No. The, I'll look no. up. No. Okay. You're not supposed it's to come turn. prepared. Why don't we go to you? Okay. Let's see. Coming in at my number one is my... I, every time I go on a long car trip, I watch this movie, Caddyshack. Interesting pick. I've never seen it. Caddyshack is classic. It is so funny. And... You know, whenever you go golfing or even when you're not golfing and you just can just quote so many Caddyshack lines. Can you give us one right now? Uh, my favorite is That's a Peach Hun. When, uh, is it the Habernacles? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Or Mr. Habercamp. Mr. Habercamp hits yeah. it, or Mrs. Habercamp hits it with the water, and Mr. Habercamp goes, That's a Peach Hun. It's uh, really funny. So. That was really funny. Okay. <laughs> Jake? Well, uh,. I consider myself more of a connoisseur of recent films, mm. more from 1990-ish to present. Modern. Yeah, for sure. So I'm 
You see, Jason did mention The Hangover, and that is a very, very tempting choice. Mm. See, Teddy? But... But but he's seen other movies. Like I you, have. you're just basing and the Hangover's still of, up there. So I I hit it. You're just kind of basing. I had a triple of. on the first shot. <laughs> Not a home run. I'll give you a bloop close. triple down the right field. Um, <laughs> little Vinny Booker triple. <laughs> so to mix things up, I'll go with a little bit more of an obscure comedy. It's from 2007, known as Hot Rod, a little comedy film about a stuntman who has never successfully landed a stunt. Oh. And wow. starring, and he's alive. Oh yeah, that's I guess part of it. But <laughs> Just you know, disregard him. Starring well, never the Lonely oh. Island's own Andy Samberg. You oh. know, oh, I, li- I like their music. Oh, same. Yeah. Surrounding him is Bill Hader, Danny McBride, Yorma Tacone, another member of the Lonely Island. It is a consistently funny film that is endlessly quotable, and I could watch over and over. That's also my favorite brand of a. Uh mini toy cars is that they're called hot rods hot, hot wheels, wheels. Oh what, is, what that's a topic for a different episode my bad you know what this means <laughs> i can't say it on just okay. read 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 the 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 signs i give you yeah that is okay. a really weird that's shirt weird. i'm reading that it, it is a little wrinkled up top it. too it's a very comfortable is it inside shirt. out because the line all right number two we're going to go with action movies now if you want to have an action comedy that works too but it just has to be some sort of action-packed film are we saying just action here, or like so, excluding superhero films? Because mm, superhero no, should be counts. its own. It, it's, it's action. But shouldn't superhero be its, its own category? That, that's, that's a, a category category. later in the day. But these are like the top five. I'll, I'll go straight action for now. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um. Oh God. So, uh, so do Western films count as action, kind of? True critic doesn't yeah. judge on this one. Based on your answer from last time, I'll give <laughs> you. Right. Well, I do have two answers. Film. If if those don't count. Uh, I liked, uh, I don't know, never mind. I just watched a bunch of clips on YouTube. I don't watch full movies. <laughs> but uh, if I'm going to go with the West one, I'm going to say The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ah. You ever yeah. seen that today? No. Oh, it's a great choice. A mm-hmm. I watched it uh, a week ago. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Coen Brothers Netflix. Yeah. What about you, Teddy? All right, so can I count a superhero movie or not? I don't think you should. Well, is it a topic that we'll visit later in the show? Yeah, but, it, but, but like now. These, right, go ahead, go ahead, go with the. Super I'm gonna go with the original, slide. the Avengers. Uh-huh. I think it, it, it's so well done. It's just it is. beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Sub no, no. What is is it? Suburb. Superb. Superb. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I really like it, and I think you know Nick Fury brings in that more realistic action kind of like government. I didn't know who that was until I saw Far From Home. Go, he brings well, in that I've government action-packed, like, more guns type of action. And then you have the superheroes, which bring in the more, I don't want to say mythical, but more of a not-so-realistic, if yeah. that makes sense. So, And and it is funny. I know that that shouldn't be a deciding factor, but it is a pretty funny It is film. a humorous film, yeah. yeah. You see, for me, I when I think of the epitome of what an action movie should be, can I, I always... Can I guess? Can Go I ahead. guess? John Wick? No, excellent oh. guess though. Mm. That was in consideration, but I'm gonna go with the late '80s classic of Die Hard, which is oh, Christmas movie, right? That is, <laughs> yes, it is Christmas action. But I think that is the staple for modern action films today. And when we look at so many modern day, anything from heist to just your normal shoot 'em up, they have taken something from Die Hard in some way, shape, or form. And I think that. John McClane, the protagonist of the film, is the epitome of the everyday man that is such a relatable character for audiences around the world that makes the audience just feel 
more when the action finally comes and makes you care about him more and makes you care about the stakes. I've never seen it, so I don't know what See, any of that Jason means. Jason and I's description is like... <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, it's pretty funny. We like this. I feel it. bad for the viewers <laughs> when I hear you guys talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, every, you know, the average viewer is not as uh, film-complexed as you, if you will. Thank you. Maybe one day we will be. <laughs> We're picking it up. I, with enough studying, one. With enough studying, it's possible. Can you tell us what category uh, your movie is going to be? I'm not allowed to disclose that information. Mm, so. But that's like contracts. It's kind of like yeah. a broad thing. I don't know if someone could We're steal your idea. To be bought by Paramount. So they just don't per- have an Paramount. idea. Paramount. Paramount. Yes. Mount. Is it Mount or Mont? It's Mount. Mount. Uh-huh. That's humorous. <laughs> Number three, what? we're gonna go with uh, horror movie. Mm. Horror movie. So this is where I'm. This is where I come in. Right. Uh, Teddy, I think you should go first because I think I know a little more about horror movies than you. I would agree. Um, I have one horror movie that i liked and disliked i saw it with jake and i'm not going to go too in depth mm. about it but it's not my answer but i do want to is it 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 is us oh oh i watched i, that. I like actually us. watched that yesterday i didn't like us oh my gosh okay he just doesn't understand I, I, all the, yes. the stuff going on below well, okay below. so jake and i had this argument multiple times and jake's jake's point is there's multiple ways to take from it right there's, right yeah right i don't like that in a what, movie. so what do you think okay. happened like what do you do? You just not understand it? No, I get it, but so what do you think the underlying message of us is? That there are people left in the shadows, like there are people that are forgotten, and you right, know, you you got to like th- okay, you know they could come I have, back. I have you a know, theoretical for you, Teddy. Yeah, let's say you could either live in the us world or a zombie apocalypse. Which would you choose? I'm taking us. Less people to kill, but they they are specifically targeting you when in zombies they're not. But well, that really has nothing to talk with. Anyway, it, it, the ending was so confusing at first. I watched it again, and I understood some stuff. But like I said, Jake and I have been having this argument. He he mentioned that there's multiple ways to take from multiple different views you can take away from it, and I don't like that in a movie personally. Isn't anything? And I'm not a true critic. I'm not a critic at all. So you know, I could. You see, the thing about us, though, is right that you can interpret it many ways, but it blends genres in a sense that it's almost like an art house horror film where it's got this own unique style to it. But then in a way, it feels almost like a big blockbuster, like something that's completely entertaining the whole way through. Yeah. And the thing about it is that I like how ambiguous it is and how much it makes you think and how some questions aren't necessarily answered all the way through. Like I saw it three times in theaters and there's still more I want to know. Right. And there's still like reasons I listened to listen to interviews with Jordan Peele, the guy who wrote and directed mm-hmm. it. And there's ways you can look at it from like a political spectrum of like the upper class versus the lower class. Or you can look at it simply as what's on the surface as like you are your own worst enemy. And I think right. that the fact that I can look at that either way and get something out of it makes it easily the best movie I've seen this year so far. Mm-hmm. And that's your opinion. Right. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Just want to clarify but for the viewers. He's oh, yeah. the true critic. You are. Headphones here. Just yeah. keep talking. Us is better than Endgame. I just want to say that. All right. Now we're pushing. I couldn't even watch Endgame the whole way through. We're going we're gonna to talk about the whole Marvel uh, yeah. cinematic universe later on in the show. I'm looking but, forward uh, to that. Um, so is it my turn now? No. So my number one, oh, my Con- Conjuring is going to be my answer. And oh, one funny. of the, I'm, and I know I say this all the time, Jay. You're right. We said it last episode. I'm going to get crap for this. But a close second is the visit. For whatever reason, uh, the visit was. It was Wait, what's that one again? The one. 
where uh, the two Spoil- kids okay. visit. Their oh, oh, where they go in the oven. I just want to clear this up right now. If you I are listening, there may be spoilers throughout this whole episode. Well, yeah, so if fine. you haven't seen movies that we're talking about. I mean, it's not like we're talking about I don't want to say, that... you know, don't listen, but just fast don't forward a little listen. bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> go watch the movie, then go back and list off my chest. So, so I'm going to go with Conjuring. Um, I think it's... I honestly don't find that much horror or that I, I don't get that scared, you know, in terms of ghosts and spirits. It's more of that guy with a gun hiding underneath your bed that kind of gets me. But The Conjuring was scary. I mean, it it was creepy. Did you see Insidious? I, did, I have not. No. That's, that's no. up there for me. I didn't see Conjuring. I only saw Insidious. I, I think Conjuring, it, it was scary. And I, I've talked a lot to a lot of people about it. And they always say it's 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 a classic horror film. So. I'm not a big horror movie guy. I really, I I don't enjoy them that much. But Conjuring would have to be my answer there. All right. So uh, for my list, or well, actually, it's only one. You guys ever seen Zombievers? No. I'm just gonna ask. <laughs> You've seen it, Tish. It's it's just a Netflix original. It's like really bad, but it's funny. Tish is in our studio, by the way. He's not at a mic. Hi guys. Okay. Let's yeah, okay. let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Well, see. You. I always watch a horror movie and then I'll just forget about it in a week. So it's not like one sticks with me forever. So the last one I saw that did stick with me a little bit, it's as above, so below. Mm-hmm. Cause like, okay, actually I have a quick question. So Tish who's in the uh, or audience studio, whatever hey you call it. Swear Stop. To God, Tish. Stop. <laughs> he says that a movie can only be good if it's got a high budget. Do you think that's true? No, not at all. Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Even though I, example, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like Blair Witch Well, Tish Project. doesn't watch scary movies. <laughs> yeah. He leaves the house whenever we turn on anything that's like over the level of an Avengers movie. So it's, it's called what? As above? As above, so below. So basically these people, uh, they're trying to find like this. Oh, what was it? It was like a little stone or a crystal. I don't remember what it was called. And uh, they end up going into hell while they're in the catacombs of Paris. And in order to get out, they have to like repent their sins. So there's like a bunch of stuff that they see that's not real. And like half of them end up dying. Again, spoiler alert, but I don't think people are going to care. You know, uh, I really respect both of those picks. I'm a big fan of the first Conjuring and As Above, So Below. I do Mm -hmm. think the Conjuring films since the first one have gotten... I do want to... I do want to... We were talking about before the episode, Jason, we were going to do a trivia question on As Above, So Below. Yeah, I didn't. And Jason's like, I don't think Jake has seen it. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I I (laughs) underestimated him. But uh, underestimated. Yeah, (laughs) underestimated. But yes, The Conjuring, the first one, is far better than any of the other sequels or prequels that have come after it, without maybe the exception of Annabelle Creation from two years ago. But anyway, I decided, you know, horror movies, when it, I think they're scarier, not necessarily with jump scares. I yeah. think jump scares are usually just a very cheap, I hate jump scares they're just very a cheap way yeah. to try and put you on the edge of your seat. I think the true terror and horror from it comes from the characters' situations and mainly their backstories and what they're going through that would make you care about what they're going through in this certain horrific scenario. And I do want to say that was what I liked about The Visit was it was a good plot. Like these kids Mm -hmm. meeting their grandparents and their mom like mm-hmm. did not like her parents so she specifically did not want to go like that was what i enjoyed about i the visit. i really like the concept of the visit but i think the execution is pure garbage i just want to say though and again spoiler alerts when they found are you gonna watch it it's too late now i don't care <laughs> when they found out it wasn't her their grandparents oh, i did i did i i crapped my pants i i i cried 
Like I legitimately was so. Weren't scared. the grandparents see, like dead in the basement or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after that, I would agree it was kind of executed pretty poorly, yeah. but. Well, first of all, right from the beginning, knowing M. Night Shyamalan, the guy who made it and made like the Sixth Sense signs, knowing that he's got a, you know, loves to do his twist endings. I right from the start, I was like, oh, geez, I bet they're not going to be their grandparents. And then what happened? I was like, what? (laughs) But and yes, the whole found footage aspect of it, having it basically filmed on the main boy's camera. The whole time, I was girls, like, this girl's re- camera. She's doing a documentary. Oh, the girl's camera. Sorry. Been a minute since I've seen it. But I remember <laughs> hey, just thinking to hey. myself, like, what does this add to the movie? And really just feeling like it didn't add much. But anyway, I am going to go with this one. I'm going to go with a more recent film. It's not Us. And I did consider It because I think It has the, deni- the dynamic between the main kids and It is not only hilarious, but it is just one of the most fun things to watch i think in a movie in recent years i'm gonna go with 2018's hereditary Mm. which is about a family who's their grandmother of the family just recently passed away and it is slowly uncovered throughout the film that she may have a darker affiliation with the uh with the devil than the family Mm. thinks and it's not so much about the scares with this movie as it is about this like slow burning tension of this family dealing with grief and dealing with all the turmoil of losing someone close to them and then the last 15 minutes when the horror really ramps up some pretty unsettling uh imagery (laughs) and uh basically content is displayed in a very unique way kind of want to see that now yeah the guy who made it actually has another movie that just came out uh last week called Midsommar. Oh. It's in movie. Oh, yeah, I saw your review on that. Yeah, I was not as big on Midsommar as I was with Hereditary. Midsommar is like two and a half hours, which I don't have a problem with, but the average moviegoer is going to have a tough time sitting through it if they do uh, Especially see if they it. just don't care about it. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing with Hereditary. Hereditary, I thought, despite it being over two hours and I guess a slow burn by most people's uh, standards, I was consistently interested, mainly because 30 minutes through the movie, they just, they really go for it and take the story in a completely different direction that made like changes the way you view the whole rest of the movie. So I would highly recommend hereditary if you've not seen it. I have not. So mm. have to watch yeah. it. yes. All right. I'm going to let you know the next two topics I got because I don't want you to pick. Okay. The next two I got are <laughs> drama and sports. Okay. Oh, no. So I don't want you to pick like a sports drama and then like say sports and be like, Oh, well that was my sports pick. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna start with drama. Um, Jay, you want to go first? You want me to? Uh, give me a second. You go first. I'm gonna go with a pretty recent film. I can't tell you the the year it came out, but it was past couple of years. I'm not as good as Jake. Hidden Figures. Uh, 2016. 2016. 2016. 2016 is Hidden Figures. I thought it was really well done. Um, What's it about? It's about uh, African American women working with NASA, and they're known. Oh yeah. They're called the calculators, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and they just they do math for mm-hmm. NASA, but they never really get the recognition and it centers around three girls, one who wants to be um the supervisor of all the calculators because there's none and she thinks she deserves it. One who she's getting her masters. Yeah. She, yeah, masters. I'm not as familiar as this one. I haven't seen it in, since it came out, but Okay. Yeah. Uh she's getting a degree, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's her master's degree. Uh, in engineering, and she's the first African American woman, or maybe not the first, but she's you know going through this the through the times of, you know that she walked into a classroom full of 
white men and they kind of harassed her. And then the third girl, which is really what it's most based off of, is she gets called up for, I don't know what, what launch it's going to be. Um, it, would, it would be the first man in space. If any, I don't know any. Oh, the name of the actual launch? Yeah. I don't remember. That wasn't was Apollo, Apollo, was it? I think it was Apollo 11, wasn't it? Yeah. Apollo 11 was first man on the moon. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know first launch then. Yeah, me either. But I anyway, mean, so, and she gets called up, um, and she really works really close on how, where to land, and she works with the landing coordinates, and it's a really cool story about how she, you know, she's not allowed into, she's the first African-American woman into the main engineering room of um, NASA. Yeah, and, and, and the director of NASA. <laughs> she works very closely with the director of NASA. And, um, you know, he, he plays a cool part because he, one of my favorite lines. So she, where she works, she has, if she wants to go to the bathroom, she has to run all the way oh, back, yeah. which is like half oh, a mile yeah. or a mile away to where all the calculators go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And the director of NASA starts getting mad at her. He's like, so why are you taking all this time off? You know, where are you going? And she kind of has this outburst. And she's like, yes, I, I, I have to. I have to go to the bathroom. Pardon me for going to the bathroom. I'm living off one of the lines is I'm living off coffee from a pot. None of you want to touch. You know, she had coffee the very first day. All of a sudden there's a separate, separate mug for her. And it's doesn't look very appetizing. Not that I'm a coffee drinker. So what? don't think that's what so the, <laughs> so the director of NASA, um, he starts banging down one of the signs that it says, uh, white women or white bathrooms or whatever. And so he knocks it down and he's making the statement of, you know, he's ending segregation or he's making that statement. And he goes, here at NASA, we all pee the same color. Mm-hmm. And it's, it makes me Not laugh. Sure how true that is. It makes me laugh so hard, but it's, it, it, it's very, very funny, but it, it really brings that together. And I think it's a really cool story of ending segregation in a sense. Not ending it, but. And at least in that workplace. Right. Like a Trying bit. to. And, and it's for the better of America, you know, through NASA, because it's during the Cold War, so it, you know. Already losing to the Russians. Can't well, let this. Oh. Well, that's part of it was um. the. the. I feel like I've heard the entire movie now. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you pretty much have. It's, it's a great movie. I, I really like it. it. I, I would recommend it, definitely. I watch it every time it's on TV. All right. Well, I can't describe a movie that much, but uh, I'm going to say The Social Network. Oh, great I don't, I don't know that, like, drama is a pretty big category, so I probably have seen other drama movies, I just can't think of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it was just interesting here about how uh, uh, the Facebook started up and all the issues they had to go through, like, socially, and when they had to break into, like, the server room and get everyone's name for the first website they made, where they, like, ranked girls on who was looking better, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to, like, go in front of the, the committee or whatever to describe, like, how sorry they were. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just... It's just dramatic. Yeah. I Je- love the social network. Jesse Eisenberg plays Zuckerberg, right? Yep. Yeah. That's oh, he did it well, too. Mm-hmm. The perfect amount of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> social network, I love because you have David Fincher, who's the guy who directed it, known for his like dark and gritty style. And to ha- put that in just a drama about basically a couple guys that invented a website that turns into a lawsuit is such a unique way to look at it. And then paired with the script from Aaron Sorkin, who has done, you know, Aside from the social network, he did Moneyball and uh, uh, West Wing and uh, Steve Jobs movie. But 
and his just whole back and forth quick dialogue is such an interesting thing to listen to that makes a two hour movie that's essentially just talking the whole time so much more interesting than it should be. But um, for drama, for me, uh, this is a tough one because I think the category of drama is very broad because like I am I love La La Land, which is ar arguably my favorite movie of all time, which is a drama musical. But uh, I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. But I just want to say that every single aspect of La La Land, from the performances to the musical numbers themselves, to the direction, production design, everything is spot on. But I won't talk about that. Um, another one that uh, I also love is uh, Prisoners from 2013. It's more of a suspense thriller. I just heard about that, actually. Yeah, it's about two abducted uh, young girls, probably about, like, seven or eight years old and basically the families dealing with it and how different members of the families react to the situation in different ways, which I absolutely loved. And then I could also go with 1994's classic Pulp Fiction, which is your classic anthology story of multiple stories intertwining. And I could watch that movie every week for the rest of my life. But um, I'm going to go with a more unique pick in the sense mainly that it just speaks to me more, I think, being at you know 18 year old high school kid and that is 2018's mid 90s which is jonah hill's directorial debut he wrote and directed it basically just about 13 year old kid named sunny living in los angeles who doesn't really know where he fits in in the world and befriends a couple of skateboarders who you know the outside world kind of just looks at them as you know like hoodlums and gangbangers that are up to no good but how we look at Tish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But Sonny just, you know, sees a different side of them, something that, you know, he sees the cool aspect of them, but he also sees something he can look up to in all of them, almost like a father figure type thing. And I think that this movie is so effective because being a high school student, I see in the way that the characters are portrayed, I can see something in every single character where I'm like, I know a kid just like that. And it makes the movie that much more interesting to be like, I can see a certain person going down the same path that this kid is going down. And it just makes the movie so much more interesting to me. And it's, it's less than 90 minutes long. So it's a very quick watch. I've seen it four or five times now since it came out and it, it just, it is a riveting watch every time. And I want as many people to see it as possible. Is it on Netflix or do it? It is not. It is a very small movie made for a couple million dollars, which is a very small budget by today's standards. So but, where do uh, you see it? I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out, so for like twenty bucks, I own it. You're welcome to borrow it if you'd like. I would but, like uh, to borrow yeah, it. Yeah, it's Just... an it's an excellent watch, and uh, I think it is a very although it takes place in the 1990s, like the title says, it is a very accurate depiction of youth today. So I, you... I saw the sparkle in your eyes as you were explaining. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I I love mid 90s. It was my favorite movie of last year, hands down. I was gonna say, do you do you try to watch like every movie in theaters when it comes out? I tried to, yeah. Last year, I went to the movies 65 times. So, I mean, I didn't see 65 movies. There were a couple movies I saw two or three times. But, yeah. And it definitely helped last year when I had, uh, you know, Movie Pass, which basically I just paid a flat rate of 10 bucks a month and oh, saw as many cool. movies as I wanted. But now, you know, they're not doing too hot as a company now. I guess they realize <laughs> their, their strategy wasn't very good. But, you know, living off, I've got a lot of gift cards I can still oh, use, yeah. which is nice. And uh, AMC has their uh, A-list, which is basically it's 20 bucks a month instead of 10 and you get three free movies a week. So, like, about 12 a month, or, yeah, 12 movies a month. 
And once I run out of gift cards, I'm probably going to be getting that because I go to the movies at least once or twice a week. So have you ever used one of those illegal movie websites? I used to back in my day, oh, back yeah. when I was like... Back in his prime. <laughs> back when I was like 13, 14 and couldn't go see Not him in the theaters. Options. And like neither of my parents wanted to like go with me because they looked like stupid movies. <laughs> and yes, back on my old iPod Touch, that doesn't work now because I went on so many <laughs> illegal websites. <laughs> Do you feel bad for that because they don't make any money off of those? You know, I would, except that I went out and bought the movies after oh. I watched them. So I gave them my money there. <laughs> yeah. All right, and the last uh, is going to be sports movie. Um, for me personally, The Blind Side. Um, I remember I went and watched that when I was very little with my aunt, and gonna make gonna get made fun of. But I, when I, I was so little, I was probably four or five years old, maybe depending on when it came out. Maybe I was more like six or seven. I don't know. But I thought The Blind Side, as in what life was like if you're blind. Mm. <laughs> I waited the whole movie. Blind. For him to be blind. <laughs> Wait, you expected him to get blind? Yes. During the movie? Oh. You thought it was going to be a twist that he was blind yeah. the whole time? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I didn't really understand it the first time I watched it. Because you were four. Right. <laughs> but I have watched it. I, that's got to be the sports movie I've seen the most times. It's Again, it gets me every time. It's very emotional to me. Um, because, you know, we kind of focus in on our side of life and who we hang out with and one of the lines i'm going to do a line that gets me for this one too is um when the two e's who invite uh should i give a backstory you think they know i'll, I'll give a quick backstory uh kid named michael Orr. he's a big african-american football player or he's a big african-american kid and he's big literally he's a big yeah dude. yeah he's, he's he's a big guy um big and tall though uh, yes, classic <laughs> store. <laughs> love that place. Oh, so, men's warehouse guy. Um, so he uh, he's, he's walking alone on the street in this very rich family. They own, I'm going to say, 79 fast food restaurants. It, if you're right on that, number. that'd be quite impressive. But I don't, I don't know if it's that, that many. But um, they're a very rich family, and they take him in, and he sleeps a couple of nights on the couch. And um, oh, I know you're seen talking about. Oh, um, God, who... Who played Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew I knew Michael. Michael. <laughs> she takes him in and she develops this relationship with this big black guy who's he's homeless. He's essentially homeless. You know, um, his mom has had too many kids to count. I think she has a serious drug addiction, and he brings her him in, and eventually they give him a bedroom. And he goes, I've never had one of these before. She's showing him around. He goes, I've never had one of these before. And she goes, what, a room to yourself? And he says, a bed. He slept on a, cou a couch his whole life. And he's he's in high school. Well, before that, he just slept on probably like, didn't he sleep in like the gym or something? I think before, so, yes, he because was he was walking, he was walking to the gym. Yeah. And they asked why. And he said, it's warm in there. Yeah. And um, no, it, it's very, it's, it's, it's heart dropping, heartbreaking or heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, yeah. yeah. Your heart moved around a little mm -hmm. bit, and, we and, saw and how. I, I know this is a spoiler. Uh, Came out ten years movie, ago, yeah, right? Yeah. But I, you I, I, no, I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to say the ending is phenomenal. I really do like the ending. What happens in it again? No. Do, I, do you want me to explain it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it, but so, just in case. So he's questioned by the NCAA. They think that the Tuies brought him in to make him go to Ole Miss. Like they, they oh, because that was their favorite school. Because they're all yeah, on they that, and they did everything just to make him go to Ole Miss. And, you know, he he gets upset. The Tuies tell him, you know what? We, we think you should go play football at Tennessee. And he goes, 
back to the NCAA and he goes, all the questions were based on why they want me to go to Ole Miss, but you never asked why I wanted to go to Ole Miss. And the NCAA director, whatever her title is, she goes, okay, why do you want to go? And he goes, that's because it's where all my family went. Mm-hmm. It gets me. Mm-hmm. I have tears in my eyes right now. And I can see it. It's it's a very good film. Yeah, actually, that was going to be my choice too. Really? Yeah, I was going to bring up that exact same scene you brought it up. Which so I'll, one? I'll bring up the one about the never had melon bed before. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's the one you also see on Instagram. Right. There's pictures of that for like the inspirational quotes. Right. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But uh, then the other scene where uh, he's like driving. What is the young kid's name? Michael. The young kid? Oh, his name's like SJ. SJ. Yeah, that's SJ. It. It's for it. Sean Jr. Yeah. My <laughs> father's name was Sean. <laughs> when uh, he's driving around or whatever. And uh, new he'll listen to music. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That did, actually, did he slam into the like a? That was where I thought Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, finally. Now it's getting good. God. Yeah, I don't know. They just crashed, and uh, he had like all his regrets, or whatever. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done that. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Like, you're part of our family now. Right. Which is good he overall. Saved SJ. Yeah, he like put his hand and like prevented him from going through the windshield. Basically, if you remember, if you remember at the beginning, he tested for like his basic reading and writing skills and his science and math skills, and he was like he was in a class third percentile. Graders. But there was one aspect that he got ninety seven in, and that was protective instincts. And that's kind of I didn't know that was, yeah, on I was the same scale say, as reading that. and writing. <laughs> well, no, I, I, how do they how do they test that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a test. It's like someone's. Falling I think they forward. just what throw something yeah. at you and see how you <laughs> react. In the test, you just well, he got a ninety seven, ninety seven percentile. It's pretty so, good, yeah. yeah. And that's cool. And that right kind of brings up, like, not everybody's super smart. Not everybody has everything going for them, but everybody shines in some way, shape, or form. He was giant and good at football. <laughs> yeah, good way to put <laughs> it. One of my, well, another one of my favorite oh, quotes when he, is when uh, uh, Miss Tui, it would be Sandra Bullock, walks out, and she does the whole, like, this is your quarterback, this is me, this is the running back, this is SJ in the car, and he goes, she goes back to the main coach, and she's like, get to know your players, Bert. You know, because she's got that yeah. accent. Get to know your players, yeah. Bert. He tested 97 percentile in protective instincts. So that mm-hmm. it just kind of helps throughout the film and him in football. It's the same movie where uh, when he was playing football, he pushed that guy all the way back over the, the yeah. back fence, right? Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he was like saying something. Where were you taking him? him? To the bus. <laughs> it was time <laughs> for him to go, go home. <laughs> yeah, right, that's enough about Blindside. Yeah, you see, Blindside, <laughs> very powerful movie, but... I think I've watched it more times in school than I've yeah. watched it like, yeah. on my I own. I saw it like four times. I don't know why I need to watch that movie in Career Foundations. <laughs> I'm not going to be an NFL player, but you know, I guess they wanted me to get something else out of it. Anyway, you could own 79 fast food restaurants. I guess I think that's what they wanted <laughs> yeah. me to get out of it. But uh, anyway, so I think the sports genre is a very hard genre to get right because in a lot of movies, whatever sport it's about, you know, basketball, football, whatever. It's very hard to make the sports scenes look realistic right? Yeah. and like make me like feel like what I'm watching is real. And so uh, and so the sports movie I'm picking has barely any sports scenes in it, and it's Moneyball from 2011, a movie about the Oakland A's. Very good movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, where he hits the home run, that did not look realistic. <laughs> yeah. It was cool Yeah, they how they mixed in real footage with the fake footage. Yeah. But, I mean, they do that in a lot of movies. But the coolest thing about Moneyball is – Similar to the Social Network, which was written by the same guy, where it's just all the, the conversations and behind the scenes stuff that, you know, you didn't know about what it's like, or you don't know what it's like to work in the, in like the front offices for a professional sports team, and just seeing that, and then seeing the dynamic between, 
uh, Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean and Jonah Hill's character and just seeing them react to different situations when they're, their backs against the wall pretty much. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie too is uh, at the very end when uh, Billy Bean gets offered a huge new contract from the Red Sox to be their GM and uh, Jonah Hill is talking to him about it and he pulls up this video. I forget the guy's name, but it's a big guy in the minor leagues who uh, he's he's a he's a big fella. And so when he hits it, it's either a home run or a single. There's no in between. And so he hits one that uh, he, he doesn't know out of the box whether it's a home run or not. And he, he's looking to go too. He's looking to stretch it into a double. And so that's the first time he's ever done that. He's ever tried to, you know, take that extra leap. And so he rounds first hard and he falls. And he's like crawling back to first trying to make sure he's safe. And uh, the first baseman and his first base coach are telling him to get up and you know, finish running the bases because he hit it 40 feet over the fence. And he, did, he hit he hit a home run and he didn't even know it. And I think that is that's such a cool way to like wrap up that movie where these whole time these guys are so stressed about, you know, meeting deadlines and doing the most that they can to benefit the team with this little amount of money that they have that they hit a home run and they didn't even know it. And that is such a cool way to show that to the audience. And that is a movie that I revisit at least once or twice a year and always enjoy watching. Can I actually switch mine? Sure. I'm gonna say Major League. Uh, I forgot about that. Good pick. The the when they're all, not recruited, but when they're all showing up to the spring training games, and uh, Willie Mays, wherever he's like asleep in bed, and then he gets up and runs through the the race lines. Where they call him? I don't know. I just thought that was really well done. Close runner up for me was uh, is Rocky. Yeah. 1976, yeah. which is always a classic, and even 2015's Creed, the first Creed movie. I have watched the final fight of that movie probably close to 30 times just because of how like technically riveting it is to watch Ryan Coogler direct that and the way he maneuvers the camera through that. And pretty Ricky Conlon, the villain from Creed is one of the funniest, unintentionally funniest movie characters. I think there's that I've ever seen, but both of those movies I think are great. And another thing about that too, is what they're able to do with the boxing, even from 1976 to now I think is some of the better like sports action scenes we've seen in movies. Mm -hmm. Cause like I, and like another, cause uh, with basketball even, cause I know there's a movie called coach Carter that I really like from 2005, but uh, even that, like the basketball scenes, they're okay. Like at best. (laughs) And it's like, when I revisit like field of dreams, even, and I watch baseball scenes in that or major league and I'm like, you know, yeah, like that's the best you got. <laughs> and like, even like the bench warmers, which is a classic guilty pleasure movie. <laughs> it's like, a funny movie. it's a funny movie, but that is, there's, there's just not much there when it comes to the actual sports stuff. So I really respect a good sports movie when it comes by, cause they are not easy to do. Did you like a uh, Cinderella man? Yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, I prefer Rocky and Creed over it, but yeah, I think it's an interesting story, interesting time period, but yeah. Like with Raging Bull, too. I don't know if you guys heard of that. But one of Scorsese's earlier movies, all black and white. I just won't even get it. It's a great movie. Won't get into it much, but it's another <laughs> boxing movie that's really, really good. Well, I do want you to know we planned on having uh, an ad break 20 minutes ago, but uh, we, we kept talking, which yeah, is fine. Yeah. So we're going to go to a quick ad right now. For weekly honest and spoiler-free movie reviews, visit Jake Wyquist's Twitter at Jake. That's at R-Y-D-Q-U-I-S-T-J-A-K-E. Known as True Critic, Jake Ryquist gives the best reviews in the world. Check it out. 
If you enjoy college athletics, give at Big10.Recruiting a follow on Instagram to get daily updates on recruiting news throughout the Big Ten Conference. That's at Big10.Recruiting. Gotta love it. All right, so Jake, um, you're an off my chest regular listener, so <laughs> I like to consider myself one. Yeah, you uh, you know that we do the the trivia when mm-hmm. we come back from a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we plan on having two commercial breaks, um, so we have uh, two rounds of trivia. We got our basic three questions, oh, nice. okay. and we have a a ten question fast round. So one sponsor is going to be really unhappy. Anyway. These are from laughgaff.com, but I did okay. look them up on other websites, and I can confirm Good. that these are correct. Okay. And if they're not, I trust you over any of them. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, Jay, you want to be in charge of his intro? Oh, uh, coming in from the left quarter, we had... I said quarter. <laughs> yeah, he can do it himself. Okay, that was just bad. All right, number one, what is the name of the second Indiana Jones movie? Good question. Really? I expect you to go three for three on these, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Wait, the second? The second. It's not Indiana Jones 2? Nope. It oh, is not. That's all I, I believe it is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh. Oh. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Not an Indiana Jones guy. Well, that's all right, but you're a movie guy. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I like um, the Lego game, though. In 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 which year? I don't know if you'd know this one. I would have no idea. In which year were the Ac- Academy Awards, as in the Oscars, first mm. presented? Okay, I, I'll be within. Is it nineteen? Like twenty seven. I'm gonna give you how, how many? Give how me many, like a two or three year buffer. Plus or minus how many years, Jay? Plus or minus four. Four years. Yeah. What's your answer? Um, I'm Plus gonna, or minus, oh no no, it's nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, I knew it. I was an it was an odd number. I just had to think about it. Okay, one for two ain't bad. An, what is the name game. of Roy Schneider's character on the classic thriller film Jaws? I, I have no idea. I'm, really? I've seen Jaws once or twice, maybe. Jaws is another great film. Probably one of my top. I told you, time. I consider myself a connoisseur right. of modern film. Okay. <laughs> Roy Schneider. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It is the main character of the film. Yeah, I know that. I don't. I just don't know what his name is. I don't know. Jaws. <laughs> Chief Martin Brody. Yeah, I was Chief not going to get that. Well, all right. Well, now we got. Um, I'm going to need to keep track here. We're going to do a fast. We're going to fast money round. Okay, good. Okay. Fast money. I'm going to name ten movies. Great. Okay. Um, they're they're um they're older. Okay. <laughs> But you guys just got to tell me when they came out, when they released. The year? Yeah. Okay. Um, Jay, are we going straight on, or do you want to give them plus or minus plus one? Plus or minus five, because... Plus you, or minus five. Didn't you, didn't you say no. you like modern ones, and you just said these are all Okay, older? to be fair, one well, time we we'll were see in how, the weight room at Lake Orion, and he told me to put five movies up, and five movies... Like, I gave him, oh, yeah, I was I gave him some easy ones, but I gave him The Cable Guy, I remember. Oh, I did hear he the movies. <laughs> I did hear the movies you were talking about. Right. So we'll go plus or minus three. I say okay. we, give, we see what he can do. We'll you, start with plus or minus three, see yeah. how I'm feeling through the first few. All right. Well, I'm not going to tell you how you do until the end. Okay. Mm. All right. So let's just go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got to do it within about three to five seconds. Number one, the original Star Wars. 1977. Jaws. 1975. 
Gone with the Wind. 1941. Mm. Oh my God. Sorry, I'm not supposed to tell you. This. It, was yeah. thir- it was 39. It is 39. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The Hangover. 2009. The Hangover Part Two. 2011. Dumb and Dumber. 1994. Iron Man. 2008. Glory. 1989. Daddy Daycare. 2003. Twister. 1995. 90. No wait. 97. 97. Are you sure? I'm 97. Final answer. All right. Well. He was um, confident with them. Original Star Wars, you got it right, yeah. 1977. Jaws, you got it right, 1975. Gone with the Wind, you said 1941, but you changed it to 1939, so that's correct. Mm-hmm. The Hangover, yeah. 2009, you got that correct. Hangover Part 2, 2011, got that correct. Dumb and Dumber, 1994, you got that correct. Iron Man, 2008, that was correct. Glory, 1989, that was correct. Daddy Daycare, 2003, that was correct. Twister was 1996. Ah, oh. I was right in between them. What did he oh. say? 19, I said 1995, <laughs> then 1997. Oh, I'm, but if we give him a plus or plus or that's, minus two or three, I'm I mean, really impressed. I was not uh, going to get any. I told you, years are mine. That's my do strength. You just like you just like look them up and just practice them, or you just know. Them? I don't like practice them, but yeah, if I'm see, I go on IMDb just for fun and test guess, yourself. Like Jay, go yeah. literally go, like IMDb. Any can do I, you have? Can IMDb? I do any movie just for like an extra one? Sure, I'll see this how. This will be I the do. bonus. Let if he gets it right, then I'll give him ten out of ten. Otherwise, he gets nine out of ten. Just any movie. Yeah. I mean, don't make it like. Um, well, I'm don't just make it like Avengers some, Endgame. Don't make no, but some don't make it some animated Star Wars attack of the Clone Wars. I can't find it. <laughs> animated sure. series. No Clone Wars, not allowed. <laughs> uh, Who well, was it that was telling me the other day? Every time they try and say Star Wars Episode Two: The Attack of the Clones, they say the Clone Wars, and everyone just looks at them. Like they're stupid. Oh, well, right. say it right. Rightfully so. They look at him. I can't find a date. How are we doing over here? I, I I'm not. Right. Are up you like in a Google or? Uh, I'll, I'll, well, do, I'll do. Hold on. All right. No, I got him now. I got him now. I'm not a big Indiana Jones guy, right? No, no. When did uh? No, I probably shouldn't do that. I'm gonna go ahead and say Indiana Jones. The first one. No, I'm. That, uh, that's what he was going with. Oh. No, when did uh the the Raiders of the Lost Ark come out? Are you still giving me uh, any buffer or no? Yeah, we'll give you no, plus, no, plus, no, no. We'll give you a plus one. 1981. Oh, my God. He got it. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I'm, Congratulations. I'm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, hold on. We have a sound effect. Right. I forgot. Hey, what, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> do you know what that is? Yeah, I do. Audrey Hepburn. I'm not going to get that. Just, I, I'll still yeah. give you time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was mean, just wondering because I don't know what that is. Yeah. All right. really well, impressive. Yeah. Thank you. One of the things... Jake and I briefly discussed the other day. Have you seen Toy Story 4 yet? Oh, no, God. I don't. You can spoil it. I don't care. Are you sure? Yeah. I would love to have a discussion about this. Okay. We're on the same page here, which is I good. hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Okay. I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. But <laughs> Teddy and I have a lot here. of the same issues with it. Do you want to? We'll just go back and forth one on one. Do you want off. me to say what I liked about it first or no? We'll say what we liked. Yeah. Okay. First of all, what I liked about it. I thought all the new characters were great. Yeah. Duke Kaboom, uh, Bunny and Ducky were great. Except I think for Forky's idea Forky, of going back to the trash I thought was really funny. Oh, yeah. And Forky in general, just being a character about identity and like not really knowing your place in the world right. is a really interesting character for kids and adults. Right. And also, the animation of it was fantastic. I think I, the scene that stuck out the most for me is... Uh, when Woody and Forky are just walking down the road yeah. and you just see how realistic like the gravel and everything looks and right. how there's cracks in the road and it like looks like you just took 
Woody and Forky and just put them on a real road is right. amazing to me yeah. in how far animation has come. But, and I mean, the, I thought it was very funny for the most part. I thought I it was thought very, the, funny. The very humor, funny. The humor really yeah. landed for me. I mean, the music was great, but come to expect that. And I mean, that's really where the positives for it for yeah. end for me. What was your rating on Twitter? I gave it a 6.5, which is the highest of my negative ratings. So really? seven, 7 and above is positive. 6.5 and, and lower is negative. I would give it a 4. Yeah. 3 or 4. The more I think about it, the less I like it, but I still... What age group is the movie for? Well... Well, think about it. We grew up on, twi- yeah, uh, on Toy Story. First Toy Story came out in 1995. Well, Second one well, came out in yeah. 1999. That is correct. I know those two. And the third one came out in? 2010. Yes, mm. Teddy. I'm three very proud of you. So let me start by, before we get into the negatives, I do want to mention um, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, probably the best movie trilogy in my opinion. No, but okay. I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> I think... It's 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 a great idea. Obviously, it, it was, was great, great for Pixar. It was a great. Um, it was where the revolution of oh, yeah. animation began, and um, it ended perfectly at three. I thought it was. Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Because because you know they're they're always talking about you know being there for a kid. Well, kids grow up and right. things change, and you know they found a new beginning with Bonnie at the end of three. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention their near-death experience yeah. at the end True. of three. Oh, Dude. tears in my eyes right yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and is you that know, the one where those got burnt? What? Yeah, the incinerator. Yeah. yeah, okay. This uh, is this is wow. why the ending of <laughs> this is why the ending of four pisses me off so right. much. It is the dumbest thing I've right. ever seen. Right. So, um, when I heard they were coming out with a fourth, was right around the time I actually heard that Tom Hanks was so so upset with his ending he had asked people to leave the room while he recorded the ending right off the bat i was like okay this is gonna be a great film but then i started thinking about it what can you do now exactly yeah no more money Uh right and then that first trailer came out and i even like tweeted about it on the true critic twitter it says that toy story 4 trailer underwhelming like i right when i saw it (laughs) i was like i really don't see anything special in that anything to make this any better than the previous three Right. And then it came out, and I don't really like to read reviews before I see it, the movie, but I had been hearing that basically it's very good and definitely worth the watch and necessary because I think the biggest worry for people going into it was that it was going to be unnecessary right. and that people were saying it was a you know a fitting end to this trilogy no. or saga of films, no. but it really wasn't. Wait, and people so, were saying that they had tears in their eyes by the end of it, and I just didn't. I had tears because I was just so upset. With <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I, yeah, I was more mad. I was like, "This is the this is what you chose. Right. You had so many different avenues you could have gone with this." And so there's not gonna to be another this. one after this. I don't think Honestly, so. Honestly, there there might there has to be at this point. I feel like yeah, I mean, financially I mean, they they probably yeah. will just because it makes so much money. But I think that's what this was about. Uh-huh. Are we allowed to spoil Numbers, it? Because just give a spoiler. Well, hey, skip we're, ahead around we got two about minutes. we got about nine minutes left, and I honestly think we can go to the end of the show. We probably could. This. So yeah. I'm just gonna say, if you haven't seen Toy Story four, just stop listening. Yeah. Okay. Because we're not gonna talk about anything else. We're gonna talk about this for the rest mm-hmm. of the show. Yes. Okay. So spoilers are on. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jake. I haven't even. Seen so it. all of my issues with the film are completely within the script and different things they decided to do with different characters right and i'll start with the biggest one i guess which is the ending yeah. and basically woody leaves the rest of the gang and in, in a nutshell why i 
You know, that's a wonderful question because he that's, spends yes. he spends the entire movie trying to get Forky back to Bonnie because Bonnie needs Forky to get through kindergarten. Right. Which is a premise I can get behind. It's a Toy Story movie. At the end of the day, it's a kid's movie. I can get behind that. But then, basically, because all he's talking about the whole movie is, even though Bonnie doesn't play with him anymore, how much he has to be there for it. And that's not just that movie. It's every Toy right, Story. Right, yeah. Woody has this reoccurring thing of being there, being you know a, a selfless character of somebody that's always there for somebody else. Right, that's a big plot uh-huh. in Toy Story 3. Right, and then... And they're and they're dealing with these themes of like identity and what like what your place is in this world, and that would be really cool if it wasn't about toys and mm-hmm. something that like I could relate to more. But anyway, besides that, the whole movie he's talking about how he has to be there for Bonnie, blah blah blah. End of the movie. Bo Peep, who is Woody's, you know, Woody's little smash piece, is like, <laughs> "Hey Woody, why don't you come with me?" And he's like, "Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think I'll go with you." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" Like, why? And so, basically, he gets Forky back to her. And so, he's like, okay, I mean, Forky's back with her. I mean, I'm fine. The girl's in kindergarten. You don't think she's going to have any problems in first grade or second grade or third grade that she might need Woody for, that Woody can do her nothing sheriff. wrong? It's her sheriff. It's, it is her sheriff. And he just hands over the badge to Jesse. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. Right. What is this, amateur hour? And then, <laughs> I mean, it's just such an unworthy ending to these characters that we've grown to care about so much and it's just talking about it makes me mad i'm getting very mad right now (laughs) and not even woody though too also with buzz they just made buzz a complete and utter idiot the whole movie (laughs) they did this thing with him where he's trying to discover his inner voice and so he keeps pushing the buttons on himself that like automatically say different things Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like heartwarming i guess and like somehow teach kids that you know listen to your gut and it's just dumb like buzz is just a bumbling idiot who can't think for himself <laughs> and and it's just a plot device too like it doesn't it's really only there because so buzz can like move the plot forward like buzz is standing there like oh what should i do right now where's woody at and he pushes his little button and it's like watch out for meteors and he looks up in the sky and woody's right there and i'm like come on like <laughs> seriously that's the best you could do to make buzz find woody in this situation but yeah, and then to, they introduce a new character known as Gabby Gabby, who is... Now, this was interesting. I You told me this, and I don't know how much I agree with you with this, but go ahead. As I said earlier, I loved all the new characters, with the exception of Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby is one of the most pointless additions to this universe that I've ever seen. They start off by introducing her as kind of this... She seems like she's going to be the antagonist of the film. She, right. She's out to get Woody's voice box which is like, I'm like, okay, I guess I can get behind that. She wants to be a toy that's loved by another human, and she doesn't have a voice box in her like Woody has where you pull the string and it says, there's a snake in my boot. She doesn't have that, so kids don't want to play with her. Right. And so I'm like, okay, like, sure, I can get behind that, I guess. And basically, and she has all these ventriloquist-looking dummies, too, that help her out. They are scary. They were were a creepy creepy. addition to the movie, and I thought really could have made for a cool antagonist to have those as, like, her sidekicks. Right. And then, like, no, nah, halfway through the movie, she's like, no, oh, please, Woody, can I have your voice box? And he's like, yeah, sure, here it is. And she's like, thanks. And then, like, that's all I get. And I'm no. like, what? Sorry. And, I mean, they try to do more with it, like, with her getting the voice box and not actually wanting to be played with. But I just didn't care because she was taking a time. She was taking time away from the toys I actually cared about. Because, like, Buzz and... 
Jesse, Bullseye, Rex, the whole rest of the gang was basically just put in the RV yeah. for the whole movie. The whole 100-minute runtime, they're doing nothing. Right. And instead, I'm watching Gabby Gabby learn about... And, and all the benches yeah. just with her swimming yeah, heads. Yeah, learn about how she doesn't want to get played with by kids anymore for... I know because she's old and it's just really uninteresting and I feel like they couldn't decide whether they wanted to make her a good guy or a bad guy and yeah. it just made the movie just that much more less interesting to watch because I didn't care about anything she was doing. I wish they would have completely scrapped her from the movie, had the original gang given them more to do in the movie, in the story, and then maybe done more with Duke Kaboom and Bunny and Ducky maybe introducing them into the gang a little bit more, but I think they just should not have made a fourth movie. Oh yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, I thought three was a perfect way to end it. But yeah. you guys see the the video on like Twitter, Instagram, where the guy took the third movie and he cut the ending. So it looked like they all got burned alive. Really? And then he showed it to like his parents and they watched it. And then a week later, he finally told them that's not really how it ended. <laughs> that's right, well, we're talking about Toaster before. That could be, but, a, let me bring up this point. A little too traumatic for kids. Yeah. But I like it. And we got, we got only about two, three minutes left here, but okay. I just, I want to bring this up. I think Gabby Gabby's, character would have been cool had the ending been better because i think if woody sacrificed his voice box to be there for bonnie right yeah. for him and forky to get back to bonnie 100 agree that would have been a great character mm -hmm. but because that ending sucked i mm -hmm. agree with you that she was pointless and you know obviously when she didn't get played with by whatever her yeah, that random girl that's in the movie for right, 10 minutes right and you know it tried mm -hmm. to make this whole dramatic scene out of a character that we don't even know right then yeah we know that she's gonna go back with the toys yeah but i i thought it was cool that she found a random kid and she that's, started over. that scene at the carnival i will agree is yeah. very effective yeah because pixar is so good at even in these animated films portraying something that we can all relate to yeah exactly and like, especially when bonnie walks in on her first day of kindergarten yeah. and you see how nervous she is just walking yes. into the classroom yes looking around not knowing anybody else's face like that's yeah. something we can all relate to and that's what pixar's greatest strength is it's not right. only you know their animation style but also just making you care about what's going on right so yeah i mean at the end of the day i agree the ending um the lack of intrusion of other characters mm -hmm. and buzz's whole concept of this inner voice it was dumb i think there should not have been a toy story for but agreed pixar they're known to come out with movies and get a lot of money for them yeah i mean every year they seems like they break some new record of how well their movies have done mm -hmm. but um i really don't think there yeah. should have been toy story for i'm sad there was yeah i agree we got uh, about a, a half a minute left so jay if we just want to go ahead this is the last episode of the season um just say thank you Mm -hmm. Say thank you to all of our guests, I guess. Thank um, you, all 34 of you watching out there. Yeah, listening. Welcome. No, not <laughs> yeah. no, no, our, our guest. We've had Dominic oh, for the first three. Right. Oh, three. He holds the record. Yeah, then we had Tish for four. Wait, Tish um, has four? Two. He was four. he was in the fourth episode. Oh, two. oh okay. Yeah. And then we had Nicholas, <laughs> and, Kevin, Nokowski. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, okay. Two so and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, we had Nick, Nicholas, Kevin Nowakowski mm -hmm. for five and six. Yep. Adam Tish came back for five, uh, seven. Mm -hmm. And we had the true critic man himself for episode eight. So we want to thank all of you guys. And yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for right. the ads. <laughs> you know, just thank uh, you. Usually, not really. Thanks for the ads. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say, Jay, before the season is over? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next season. 
Off My Chest is hosted by Teddy Hirschfield and Jason Lawson. Teddy is the producer and director, while Jason is the creative consultant. Our theme song is a copyright-free song called World Melody from Sounds Abound. For more info on the podcast, visit our Twitter at OMChest. 